0: Hey there, greetings everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. We have Don Owens with us today from Southern California. Now, Don is a mix of several different professions. You know, he's been a mechanical engineer, a C-suite executive, as well as a patent lawyer. And right now, he's pursuing how to make sure that we save our climate, we save our planet Earth, and then he's got ideas he's written about it he's working on a solution and we'll hear all about that
1: from don so don welcome to the show thank you last thank you very much for having me thank you very much
0: all right great so don uh, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, in terms of introducing yourself
1: okay all right my name is don once again and um i am um, uh, i guess what i will consider a uh, climate advocate now because of uh, some of the things that we discovered over the last few years and uh, if I had to say one single solitary thing that I want all your listeners to remember, I'm gonna say it, uh, but and, but then I'm gonna kind of explain a little bit more about it, is that is that uh, black carbon is the enemy of the planet. Now, uh, I didn't know this. Most people have never heard of black carbon. I didn't know about black carbon, but black carbon is a result of unburned fuel that uh, our uh, fossil fuel infrastructure creates now. There's no blame for anyone about this, but it basically coats the glaciers and causes them to melt. And in the process of me uh, developing a technology that was not oriented toward this finding, uh, we found out that we can cut black carbon in half. So, um, uh, and it was again, uh, it was it was absolutely kind of a uh, kind of an accident, but. Uh, but we do, and what I am doing, and what I am uh, what the rest of my life will be all about, is about doing what we can do to save our planet, because I happen to stumble across what I believe is the cause for cl- uh, for climate change. and uh, and now we have a solution for climate change. Awesome. so let's let's step back a
0: little and talk about yourself. So you've been a mechanical engineer, a patent lawyer as
1: well. So okay. how, how did it come about, engineering and then law? Okay. You know, it's, it's interesting that you asked that question because it kind of fits right into um, your main topics because I became a lawyer not because I wanted to become a lawyer. I became a lawyer because I didn't want to be an engineer. And, uh, 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 and I uh, left um, uh, high school knowing that some kind of way I must be an, an, an engineer because I like to tinker with things, but I didn't know for a fact I was gonna be an engineer. But, um, uh, but that kind of helped me to go to engineering school and finish. And, uh, and at the time I was working for a company called uh, General Motors and General Motors had a program where they allowed you to work and go to school. So six weeks on, six weeks off, uh, two of those sessions made up a semester. And five of those years, you you finished with an engineering degree. And so after the fifth year and I finished with the engineering degree, I knew that I did not and worked as an engineer for GM. I knew for a fact I did not want to be an engineer. (laughs) Okay, but (laughs) but fortunately, I ran into someone at the time that uh, uh, knew people at Western Electric that were looking for engineers that wanted to be in in their patent programs. And uh, patents was enough related to my engineering background, so it fit. Uh, and it, and I always tell people I didn't go to law school because I wanted to be a lawyer. I just did not want to be an engineer. And so, um, uh, and and it just so happens that patents fit well and even though it happened to have a law, a law degree associated with it. But that's how I ended up getting into patents. and. Um, and once I got into patents and I, I worked for a few years in patents, I discovered that it was uh, the type of focus that you needed to write patent applications was not the kind of focus that I liked. All right? <laughs> and uh, I like to look at it as uh, uh, either using a laser beam or a searchlight. My mind works more like a searchlight than a laser beam. And in the patent world, you have to be a, you have to be a laser beam. And um so I was looking for a way out of that too. <laughs> and uh and I found a way through entrepreneurial type activities, start getting into real estate, I started doing some multi-level marketing. I mean, just anything that I could do back in now, this was years ago. Uh anything I could do to get myself into an entrepreneurial type position where I wouldn't necessarily have to work for anybody else. But that's how I got into patents and, and then how I left
0: how did you get into climate
1: very good very good in fact uh it's funny because uh, one day in one of my many entrepreneurial activities i ran across this book and this book talked about how you can use hydrogen to save fuel on your and save gas on your car and uh, it was a way that uh, the book talked about how you can build this device to create hydrogen gas. And so I bought the book, $69, I bought it online and I uh, got the tools that was in the books that, that was, they were talking about in the book. And it turns out that what they were describing wasn't exactly the way I needed to build it. So, but that hooked me. By this time I was already hooked on that whole idea of saving gas. So uh, uh, I started modifying what I had read in the book and, uh, and 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 creating something that indeed would work on my car, and so um, so I built this device, and uh, it turns out that from an ad hoc point of view, it worked. You know, I would actually be able to fill up my gas tank and drive drive around all over the place, and uh, and and test it with the device running and with the device not running, and I saw an improvement on my fuel economy every time I every time I tested it. So because I knew that wasn't gonna be an acceptable way of proof, I decided to take the device to an engine testing lab. And uh, once I got into an engine testing lab, we, we I mean, I had, oh my God, I can't even begin to tell you the number of failures, <laughs> but we had a few good results uh, of things uh, that worked with gasoline engines, but it was still very, very inconsistent. But one day I tested diesel engines and it was a result of me kind of banging my head against the wall with the gasoline engines because there was too many variables and um, um and looking for the same thing with the diesel engine it turned out that after the relatively lousy result of the fuel economy the technician came up to me and said hey listen by the way do you know this thing reduce your particulate matter by almost 50 percent and, uh, and at the time, I didn't know what particular matter was. I said, well, what's particular matter? And he said, oh, it's something we measure." He didn't really know either. He just said it was something that they measured there because they were engine testing labs and they had to test this for diesel engines. So when I went home and looked it up on the internet, I found out that it's poison. It's poison for human beings. It's one of the reasons why we have ex- a lot of uh, premature deaths, a uh, lot of asthma problems, a lot of respiratory problems, because it's it ends up being soot or unburned fuel. In fact, the definition of particulate matter is unburned fuel. It's fuel that we wanna burn, but some of it is not burned. So uh, part of it that is burned just turns into CO2 and a few other chemicals, but some of these is just unburned. And uh, that unburned fuel ends up being particulate matter. And the particulate matter ends up being harmful to human health. So that was enough for me to continue I figured that maybe people care about human health. Maybe they wouldn't care as much about fuel saving. (laughs) Human health might be important, (laughs) okay? And, um, but it turns out years later, uh, I found out that black carbon was a major component of particulate matter. And black carbon was 1500 times worse than CO2. Because once I found out that we indeed did something with particulate matter, we can cut it in half, I still didn't know where to go with it. And, uh, and so I was always reading all these articles, anything I could find, I would read about particulate matter because I just needed to know that indeed I was on the right track, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, because my device cut it in half, maybe it was something that humans would like. But it was years later that I found out about black carbon. It was buried in an article about particulate matter. And in that article, it mentioned that it was 1500 times worse than CO2. Not one or two times worse; fifteen hundred times worse. And so, uh, and when I understood that, and it dawned on me, and it only dawned on me the early early part of this year that we could save the planet, because I had to put together a speech uh, for Davos. I was I was a panelist on Davos, uh, and uh, uh, and I had to put a three minute speech about what my tech technology was and why it should be something that. Should interest human beings, and so I didn't really know what I was going to talk about in that three in that three minutes. because so many things, I've been developing this for over ten years, so so many things were swirling around in my head, swirling around. I just didn't know, but finally I was able to put out, pull out the fact that black carbon coats the glaciers, causes them to melt, uh, uh, cause is the main component, main reason why we have climate change and we cut black carbon in half with hydrogen. So it dawned on me this year that we had a solution for climate change. And it was so uh, intense in terms of the the reality, the truth of it, that I began to speak about it. At least I, I, I spoke to some people about the fact that when they asked me what I did, I said, listen, we're getting ready to save the planet. And, and even just to say that, to utter those words was, was crazy in my mind, because it's like, well, save the planet, come on. But we really can, because we know what's the major cause for climate change, which is Black carbon. It, it literally coats the glaciers. And when I was expressing this to this, this, these people that I met, one of them happened to be a book publisher. And again, what's the odds? But they just happened to be a book book publisher. And she said, hey, listen, you need to write a book. I said, I don't have time to write a book because I've never written a book before. And I didn't have time literally to write a book because I just figured I would have to sit down one day and take all this time to just figure out how to write a book. She said, well, no, I will interview you. We will go through everything that we're talking about and we will get ghostwriters to help you write it. I said, okay, that sounds good. But the thing that really got my attention was that she said she can do it in 90 days so i said wait a minute you kidding me we can have a book in 90 days so we started in march and by the end of july we had a book and the book right now uh without being arrogant or anything else it is really the only source you can find right now where you can learn about black carbon and secondly learn that we have a solution for black carbon because when most of the time when people think about climate change we just think disaster we think helplessness we think hopefulness i mean hopelessness because it's such a huge problem and uh, and it still is and even though we have a solution it still isn't something that we can just flip a switch tomorrow and everything will be done but we do know that we know what the cause of this black carbon is and it's because of the fossil fuel infrastructure The fossil fuel infrastructure, that's not a bad word because we live in it, we need it. It's the reason why we're able to have medical advances. It's the reason why we have grocery stores and hotels and transportation and everything else. But it just so happens that that infrastructure creates all of this black carbon. And and that infrastructure has to be dealt with. In fact, I have a chapter in the book. It's kind of a graphic chapter, or at least it's a graphic title, it's called pissing in the wind and because if anybody has any climate change solutions and it does not involve black carbon or it does not address black carbon, it doesn't matter. It's pissing in the wind because black carbon is the reason why our glaciers are melting and our glaciers are melting at alarming rates. And anybody that, that, that even cares about the climate or even doesn't care about the climate cannot deny that. You know, you, we see now uh, uh, snow-capped mountains that are brown. We see, you know, uh, uh, glaciers that are just melting at just alarming rates. Because what happens is when that soot gets on the snow, it causes that white snow to normally, that which normally reflects light and heat, it absorbs light and heat. Mm-hmm. And now, now all of a sudden it's absorbing all that light and heat and it's melting and it's melting at alarming rates. Uh, we got the Himalayas now that's got black carbon. Every place has got black carbon right now, and so, and, and we're talking about trying to electrify our way into uh, 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 green, into you know a green economy. But all we're going to do is exacerbate it if we don't address black carbon, because everything that we do involves diesel engines. If you and I and I'll, I know if you're in a are you in California or where are you? I'm in mean, East Coast? Virginia. Virginia. Okay, in Virginia, West Virginia. Okay. Well, you know, just like out here, just about every place you see that's a vacant piece of land is being built on. All right, <laughs> somebody's building something new on it, and every last one of those things is diesel. It's trucks. It's it's earth movers. It's it's all the things that we do. even to build the structures. That's all diesel. It's all fossil fuel, and and that fossil fuel is necessary. It's not. It's not that we just. Oh, we can't be having fossil fuel. We have to have it. It's got to be there because we like to be comfortable. You know, we like the fact that we can be. in, If it's 116 degrees outside, we can be inside where it's only 72. All right, <laughs> but that's because we have, we have power. We have energy. We have electricity. But those things are created by fossil fuels. And so your,
0: your, fuels. your book, what, what's it called and where is it available?
1: Okay. It's, uh, the book is called Burn Fuel Better. And it's all about, uh, and we basically use hydrogen to help the, the fuel burn better. But it's available at uh, either, it's a number of sources. You can either go to donclimateowens.com. You can go to burnfuelbetter.com. Or you can just go to Amazon because it's actually on Amazon also. So, uh, but that's where you can find a book. And I really, more than any one single solitary thing, is education right now, because uh, most people have never heard black carbon. You know, everybody I've talked to about black carbon and and they do understand it once I tell them, but they've never heard of it. And I hadn't heard of it either. And so uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have any, um, any. Um, hesitation about why people don't understand what the problem is because they just don't know they just simply don't know but but that's what we have to change we have to make sure people know and understand that black carbon is indeed the enemy of the planet
0: so the solution that you talk about in terms of uh, you know uh, you know saving the planet so to speak mm-hmm. so is it more about you know, using the same engines and the fossil fuels, but minimizing the amount of black carbon generated, or is it more about burning fuels better so that uh, uh, you
1: know the CO two, but not black carbon? It's both of those things. <laughs> in fact, the, the first one you said is more accurate because indeed we do have to burn. We have to, we have our engines that we are using all of this diesel fuel and and all these other fuels in. That when you do add a little bit of hydrogen to it, we're still going to be burning fuel because we we're not going to be able to get away from burning fuel for decades. But what happens is that when we burn it better, we create less black carbon, and the and the and the black carbon is uh is the reason why we it's truly and even though people don't understand it now at all, uh, because they're talking about you know building a million or two million electric co- vehicles. That's not going to do anything, and in fact, uh, uh, the, the charging of those electric vehicles—and I'm not against electric vehicles—I don't want you to get the impression that I, I'm opposed to it—but even the charging of those electric batteries and the mining for the batteries, but the charging of the batteries is done by a fossil fuel plant, you know. So even though that 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 car is not creating any any black carbon on the highway, it's creating all the black carbon at the power plant. Because it has to be charged, you know. So, and that's what. Uh, even though I think a lot of people understand that, a lot of people don't, because they're thinking automatically that if you have an electric vehicle, you got something clean. But it's not clean. But the same. And but And the and the infrastructure that's required even to build those electric vehicles is all fossil fuel based, just like uh, uh, just like the solar panels are all fossil fuel based. Like wind tow- uh, windmills, all fossil fuel based. We can't build these things in the jungle with a hammer and a chisel and expect monkeys to go deliver them, you know, all over the world. Because <laughs> it's it's all it's shipping. It's all the things that we use with fossil fuel, and that fossil fuel has got to be burned better. We have to do a better job because we're going to be using it until we transition out of it. But while we are using it, we just we must make it burn better because we have to eliminate black carbon. So who have you reached out to in terms of
0: getting your message out and having some actionable stuff being done?
1: Yes. In fact, uh, we have a company uh, called H&O uh, International. And uh, believe it or not, on one of my podcasts uh, that I was talking about, there was some other venue that I was talking about this. Uh, it turns out that one of the largest, uh, uh, generator companies in India has contacted us about this because they have over 8,000 generators and we just happen to gonna, we're going to start with generators. You know, the, the applications are endless. I mean, they are truly endless. And, uh, so in a way as a company, you just have to focus on something that you can do initially. And so so we decided to focus on generators because generators are used to produce a lot of electricity and a lot of energy that people use. And they happen to be diesel. And they happen to be very, very uh, particular matter and black carbon producers. Those plus the shipping industry. So we're we're now talking with quite a few people, a lot of of people at the ports uh, that are buying into what we're talking about. HL uh, 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 International, in essence, uh, we have a whole company that's that's, uh, that's oriented toward various applications, and the, and the applications are are um, um, uh, starting with generators. But we also know that um, um, uh, refrigerator trucks. You know there are so many of them because you know they cool all of our food and all of our medications and all the things. But they use they use they use little bitty diesel engines that actually create more black carbon than the big trucks that are that they're towed with so because they don't have any of these systems they don't have any these uh, are particular filters they just spew it all out but guess what we need it you know you can't even think about uh delivering uh, things to a hospital without refrigeration it has to be refrigerated so a lot of these applications need to be addressed but that's again we're talking now with with that industry also so we're beginning to um uh to kind of reach out to a lot of different people and as people hear our messages they're beginning to reach out to us are you trying to make a
0: difference at the political level uh because something like this you know more than a solution uh, for an end user who looks at it and says okay do i need to spend the money uh on uh, you know not every corporation out there is looking right. out for climate right they're looking right. at the bottom line pretty mm-hmm. much, but then if you work with uh, regulators, there's a possibility that this uh, this can go mainstream.
1: Yes, in fact, uh, I don't, we are beginning to have those kinds of contacts. I don't have those kinds of contact myself, but in the process of us talking to more and more people, those opportunities are becoming to present themselves more. Like for example, uh, and again, you know, you always go where you, you have traction. But uh, uh, it turns out that one of our uh, investors uh, knew some people in Bulgaria, and uh, right now we just got the book translated in that language, and they're beginning to distribute it in that language. And and because they also are witnessing, you know, a lot of people up there they 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 are witnessing this black snow. They know about it. They understand black carbon, and they are they are seeing it every day. So. uh uh, a lot of the political leaders in that area are more focused toward finding solutions than a lot of political it is in other areas so yes we do have we know for a fact that we have to reach people that are in positions of power like that because they need to be able to uh well i'll put it to you like this the entire globe all of us this is this is something that is bigger than me and bigger than you but it's not bigger than us you know but we all but we collectively just like in the movies that we've seen where the aliens attack the earth and you know all humanity (laughs) they get together and decide that we're going to beat the aliens that's the way we have to treat this we have to treat this like it's a like it's a like it's an attack like it's a like which it is like black carbon truly is the enemy of the planet and so Yes, we have to get all these people involved and hopefully they'll get involved soon because right now nobody knows anything and everything that everybody's doing is totally wrong. Right. There's a lot of focus on net zero emissions,
0: right? Every, yes. every country talks about net zero emissions by right. 2050, 2070 and such. Right. And what, what I'm hearing from you is net zero is... A long pole in the tent it's not going to happen that easily and that quickly and perhaps not for several decades and right. it's probably the wrong goal to
1: pursue at this point in time is that it is i'm sorry it is absolutely the wrong goal to pursue it is that ab- because net zero doesn't stop the glaciers from melting right you know <laughs> and even co2 doesn't cause the glaciers to melt it's black carbon So, you know, we don't like CO2. Everybody talks about, you know, less CO2, which is fine. I don't have, I'm not an an antagonist on what's the effect of CO2. But CO2 does not cause the glaciers to melt. Black carbon does. And black carbon, as long as we have melting glaciers, we're gonna have extreme climate change because this not only affects the weather patterns, but it affects the ocean currents. You know, it, it, we expect, you know, the, the currents expect to have coal up here and coal down here and, you know, warm in the middle, so they just flow. But that flow can come to a screeching halt if we don't have the right uh, 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 temperatures in the right places. So, and melting glaciers is a problem, a bigger problem than anything else.
0: But net zero would also mean that there would be no uh, particulate carbon being emitted out, right? So it's everything.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens with net zero the way I understand net zero. Like, for example, uh, somebody that creates a lot of black carbon and somebody that doesn't create, they can buy their credits. Yeah. So they end up being zero. That's what's a (laughs) practical. But as a practical matter, that doesn't stop the glaciers from melting.
0: You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. So like we, we know the glaciers are already melting. We know that, uh, um, you know, uh, you, as you mentioned, you know, they're already coated with uh, particulate carbon and all that. Mm-hmm. The, uh, so that part of that damage is done. So,
1: well, the thing about, it, and I'm, I'm, I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but the thing about is the black carbon only stays in the atmosphere for a couple of weeks. Okay. So, you know, it's it's not like CO2, it just stays up there. But what happens, it ends up being rained out or participates, the, you know, it, it ends up coating. But now, two that the damage is done, yes, to some of it. But we always have new snow. And if we can end up having enough new snow with less black carbon or no black carbon, we can kind of repair it. We can repair right. it. Makes sense.
0: So were you uh, were you was your company out there at the COP26 climate talks
1: recently? No, no, we weren't. In fact, uh, we just kind of started h International. We just became public. Uh, uh, we haven't had an IPO yet, but we are, we are now officially a public company. But we went a different route than most uh, most companies go to go public. But no, we didn't. We weren't there because, number one, we didn't really know anybody politically, you know and um uh and number two, um uh you know, everybody's there is still they don't know what what the solution is but uh but the main reason is that we really just didn't have any uh any contacts at
0: exactly. that level.
1: You know? so how did you go public Sp- uh, through a SPAC company? Yeah, well, what happened was we ended up getting a uh a shell, we purchased a shell from a company that was already on the market. And, uh, and we uh, updated all of this information. We changed the name and uh, we changed the name to uh, HNO International. We now have a stock symbol, HNOI. And, uh, and so we're in the final stages of actually, uh, before we actually go IPO, we had to file certain kinds of papers in the S-1 and a few other, but it's not a SPAC, right? <laughs> but it turns out to be similar when only similar to the degree that it's a shell that we basically took over that was a public company already and because it was a public company we took it over we changed the name uh, we updated all of the filings because a lot of times a lot of these public companies particularly small companies they don't do all their filings and in fact I think almost 20,000 of them lost their credentials uh, back in September when the SEC did a purge but fortunately our company wasn't one of the ones that lost their credentials to be a public company but that's how we that's how we did it okay we did it a very un, 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 unconventional way
0: well uh climate change and uh, saving the planet is hot and heavy you know with uh, especially after the cop 26 climate talks you know every come every country is uh, more than happy and all ears in uh, listening to solutions so uh, I think the market is right at this point for you to, uh, you know, kind of go and evangelize your solution that you have. Um, so it couldn't be a better time uh, than now, I believe, uh, for what, what you're coming out with. For people that want to learn more in terms of your company and your solution and what you are doing, what's the best uh, place to go?
1: Okay. And the, the first and again, I, and I'm not, I hope I don't sound like I'm shamelessly <laughs> advertising my book <laughs> but they really had to go to the book uh, because they need to know you know most people don't know they just the education element of this is so vital because uh, people need to understand it that there is a solution in fact that the, the the name of the book is burn fuel better and it says from helpless to hopeful in the race against climate change but right now we only, We just hear about it and we feel bad about it. Every time we see something horrible, we just feel bad. But we need to know that there is a solution. Now, it doesn't mean that we're gonna be able to just, like I said, flip a switch, but we have a solution now. And what happens when human beings, and you know this, human beings are capable of anything. I mean, we can do anything. I mean, anything, and so, when it gets into our minds that we need to fight this enemy and we need to understand who this enemy is, collectively we will. But that's why I, I honestly say that education is the first component. So get the book. Right now it's the only place where you can learn not only about black carbon, but number two, that there's a solution to black carbon. Because most of the time if you go on the internet, in fact, you can go on the internet right now and, and do a Google search for black carbon and, and glacier melts, and you'll see the most horrific pictures that you can imagine about how this is affecting our climate. And when you see it, all it makes you do is want to cry, you know, But because you don't know you can do anything about it. But that's why the book is so important because we do have something we can do about it now. All right. Well, Don, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank
0: you for uh, sharing that message. Uh, Very profound, very timely, and uh, something that everybody needs to think about, uh, you know, it's not always somebody else's problem. It's it's our problem today, every one yeah. of us. And yeah. uh, we need to decide uh, what we want to pass down to generations. So thank That's you right. so much for uh, joining us. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure a lot of people will visit and try to uh, educate themselves as to what, what this is and what can be done. Um,
1: thank you very much for having
0: me. Absolutely. Wish you the very best with your company. Okay, thank you.